It's March 2nd, 2022, and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, first up, we'll have Shanoa Farnsworth from Blue Startups, uh, and she's here to talk about the Getting to Know Blue, a weekly webinar series. And then we'll be joined by Dean Fisher and Dr. Pono Ledford. And we'll learn about a technology, the technology behind water cremation. So stay tuned for that. And of course, um, I want to welcome Shanoa back to the show. She's from Blue Startups. And they've got a weekly series going on, getting to know, I guess, everything about Blue and the, the companies that have gone through the uh, latest cohort and, and everything else that's cool about uh, Blue Startups. And Shanoa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bert. Now, this uh, weekly series, this is kind of uh, uh, already underway. So, you know, tell us, I mean, is this a, a, a new thing or because I know I don't think I recall a weekly series, but uh, what, is, what do you have in mind and how long is the series and, and who did you already have uh, uh, present? Yeah, so this is a uh, limited series. Right now we have six planned. And um, the reason why we're doing it, of course, is we're recruiting for the next cohort. Mm -hmm. And this is a good way to give people insight into the things that we're interested in. So the type of companies that we're looking for, um, the sectors that we're interested in investing in, and the founders that we're interested in investing with. So there are essentially six components, you know, to the Blue Startups program that we've outlined in terms of what we're looking for in sector and founder. So each of the webinars actually relates to one of those six categories. So, for example, we had a session on the travel sector mm -hmm. on Tuesday. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about female-founded companies. Next week, we'll be talking about our East meets West strategy and then also talking about the metaverse um, as it relates to gaming and software companies. And then um, in a couple more weeks, we'll be talking about, of course, the Hawaii ecosystem. And then um, last but not least, sustainability. So kind of hitting on the high points of the things that we care about. That's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're including something about the metaverse because I'm seeing a lot of, you know, mention about it. And, and I'm, I'm very curious about whether there's companies in Hawaii venturing down that path so once you uh once mm -hmm. you start uncovering them uh please let me know because I, i'm happy to have them come back on the show and or come back you know come on the show and uh, talk about the metaverse but all the things that you are covering are definitely things that are uh, of, of interest and of course uh, you know i think uh of course ai has has uh never diminished in interest as well but uh, uh that's been sort of a topic of of uh, companies uh, for made, you know, formation uh, here in Hawaii as well, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, things uh, always come and go, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. at, at the moment, right, the metaverse is what everybody's talking about, so we might as well be talking about it as well. And we've always had a focus on gaming and software companies, mm -hmm, both mm -hmm. of which are exploring these uh, issues of the metaverse, right? So in terms of uh, companies, each session has an alumni company participating in it and a mentor participating in it and a member of our investor network. So that's kind of the configuration, right? A com company founder, a mentor, and an investor. 
Um, and we try to kind of stick with that formula. So with regards to your question on the metaverse, our, our guest for the company will be Banta Leagues, which um, is a company that's active here in Hawaii. They're, they're the eSports company for Little League, kind of, of eSports. So eSports for, for young people. Right, um, right. And, of course, uh, those folks are gaming in, you know, what is, uh, you know, the beginning stages of, of metaverse types of environments and um, are very familiar with all of what's happening there. So uh, we'll be including them in that discussion. Um, yeah. No, that's great. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, the, you know, all these new topics are, are coming up. Uh, in, in terms of um, <clears throat> the, again, the purpose, is it to, is it to kind of uh, flesh out who in Hawaii is, is working in these areas and, and perhaps, uh, you know, get them involved with the, the, the Blue Startup's uh, uh, upcoming cohort? Uh, or is it also as well as uh, trying to ferret out, like, who's doing some of this work uh, elsewhere and, and mm-hmm. possibly, you know, coming to Hawaii to participate in, in the Blue Startup's cohort? Yeah, it really is, um, you know, these are webinars, right? Mm-hmm, so they're all mm-hmm. on Zoom. So they're really open and available to everyone and anyone. Um, you know, what's interesting is we'll have a topic, and oftentimes the people that are participating are, are mentors that are expert in other areas, right? They want to learn from each other as well as they want to be mm-hmm. able to impart their own knowledge. So, you know, it serves a lot of purposes. But I think, you know, we conduct, you know, our mentorship program is 13 weeks. And it's a bit of a black box unless you've been through the program, right. right? I think a lot of folks don't really know, well, what is that all about? What am I really getting access to? Um, you know, what am I going to learn? So this is also a way of kind of giving people a little peek into the type of resources that Blue Startups can bring to your company, the type of network that we can access. Um, we have some, you know, really amazing speakers lined up. I mean, Tomorrow, for example, when we're talking about female founders, we've got uh, Trish Costello. She's the founder of Portfolio. Portfolio is a massive venture capital undertaking where not only are they investing in women, they are bringing in only female investors as limited partners. Mm-hmm. So, a really important effort in the uh, in the you know the, the goal here to level the playing field in startups for women. Um, so. Folks like that are, you know, people that we have, are connected to and we can access through our network. And, and that's another reason we're doing it is really just to, um, you know, help people get access to that, even if they're not in the program. Right. And also to, to kind of give people a, a glimpse so, of what they can kind of come to expect. And this is, a, this is a great opportunity to learn more about what, you know, what Blue is all about. And, and it's all mm-hmm. free. So... Shanoa, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, where can people who are interested in, in, in you know, potentially participating or even just learning about it, where can they go and, and sign up and uh, be a part of this uh, webinar series? Yeah, so um, the easiest place, of course, is our website, um, bluestartups.com. If you look under events, um, we're posting them there every week. Uh, we're also always on Eventbrite, so they're registered there on Eventbrite. They're public events, so if Blue Startups on Eventbrite, you'll find them. And we have organized them into a series, so as they roll out, you'll you'll be able to access them there on Eventbrite as well. Very good, and of course, this one that's coming up is actually tomorrow, so you mm-hmm. might might want to check that out uh, and go to bluestartups.com. And of course, Mahalo Shanoa for joining us. Thank you for having me, Bert.
And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Dean Fisher and Dr. Pono Ledford uh, to talk about the tech behind water cremation. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. And, of course, I'm happy to welcome Dean Fisher, who is who has a, a long history in mortuary science and dates back all the way to like uh, 1988 when he was the funeral director over at the Department of Anatomy at Mayo Clinic. And Dr. Pono Ledford calling in from the Big Island is a practicing Native Hawaiian physician. And they're both here to tell us a little bit about uh, the, the tech and some of the benefits of water cremation. I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Mahalo. Yes, th- thanks for having me, Bert. Well, great, and and uh, Dean, won't you won't you um, you know share? Well, perhaps maybe I know you have a, a very illustrious uh, background, and and I I just gave one little tidbit of what you do. Uh, maybe give us a little bit of uh, you know some of the things that you've been involved in over the course of the the, the various years, and and how you got into this sort of business of of water cremation. Right, right. So we we actually stumbled upon this technology. We were, we were at a conference with the American Association of Clinical Anatomists since I was running the donated body program at Mayo Clinic back in 2004, and we were at the University of Florida Gainesville, and we actually saw uh, a veterinary unit that was um, using this technology to dispose of some um, animal carcasses. Mm-hmm. And we but we saw we saw the bones afterwards and how beautiful and how white they were, and we asked the company, "Can we take that unit and can we turn it the other way and add a tray on there with holes in it, and we can place the body on the tray in a dignified and respectful manner, and then afterwards, then so the water could gently move around it during the process, and and then afterwards, then we could recover the bone because the bone is what creates the ash." So. In 2006, then, we actually, um, it took us about two years, and we had all of our scientists and engineers okay at at Mayo, and we got going about uh, in 2006 is, is when this all started. And, and uh, Dean, tell me, uh, the traditional, <clears throat> I guess, cremation process that most people are, are familiar with is, is a, uh, you know, basically a, a heat process, right? So this is really yeah. taking... A whole nother approach to cremation using using water. Ab- absolutely. So, so that's a that's actually a fossil fuel process that either uses natural gas or propane, mm-hmm. and that's done at either eighteen hundred to two thousand degrees. So it's it's also a pretty violent and a pretty warm process, and it, and it places on average of five hundred and thirty four pounds of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere per person. And that doesn't include the mercury or anything that's inside of the person. So if you have, if you have any type of prosthetics or catheters or, or hernia mesh or implants of this sort, that, that would add to your carbon footprint. Where what this does it, with water cremation, the, the, there isn't the same amount of carbon footprint. It's 75% less. Uh, there's no mercury emissions from the dental fillings at all. 
and it uses an eighth amount of the energy. And, and on top of that is that if you have a pacemaker, since there's a battery in it, it would explode in a crematory. So it, with, with our process or with the water cremation process, that, that can be left in also. So mm-hmm. it's another plus of the technology. So, Dr. Pono Ledford, I mean, how did you how did you get involved with this? I mean, I know uh, you you both were introduced to me, and I, I figured you know there is a a momentum building around uh, the uh, whole concept of water cremation. But give us a little bit of your background and and how you got involved with you know this concept of water cremation. So, my family's been involved in the funeral business here in Hawaii for over forty plus years. Um, James Woolsey and Ida Woolsey had their company. Um, and with the uh, water cremation, I got into it because as Native Hawaiians, we in the olden days would take our loved ones down, you know, that has been deceased, and we would put them in an emu. Mm-hmm. And we'd cook the meat off the bones, scrape the bones, and take the bones, the ivy, which we believe is sacred and has all the mana, yeah, in the ivy. And to that, us Hawaiians, it's sacred those bones. And instead of leaving them into the ground with, in a cemetery, you know, I kind of want to bring back some of our own traditional values and, and bring our EV back to us so we can have that mana. And with aqua cremation, this is the way to do it. Because in a flame-based cremation, you're not going to have the nice, clean bones, which us Hawaiians really want. Mm-hmm. With this, uh, this process, we can do that. So, uh, Dr. Pono, I mean, you know the whole concept of uh, um, you know Evi kupuna and and just the, the the like you said the mana in in the bones and and the whole burial process. I I, I I'm curious about uh, up until water cremation, what has been done in modern times? In modern times, they've they've tried doing these half cremations, which I mean it's kind of gross because you don't have when you put the body into the crematory they come out it still has tissue on it right and, and that's just kind of disrespectful right um so this is a much more respectful way in which we can take care of our loved ones and and so how like you said you you your family has been in this business for a while and and uh what seemed to be uh, a movement at least from a momentum standpoint is that uh it's gotten enough attention and support, even to the degree where, you know, there's some legislation. But before we get to the legislation, I mean, what is it that's, that's created this momentum in, in this, at this point in time? You know, just society nowadays, we, we don't respect the environment. We just have no respect for traditions. And this is one way in which we can bring back respect for our environment because it's very safe for the environment. In fact, the fluid that comes off, realistically, you can put them on your plants. You know, put them water grandma's garden that she always wanted to grow. Yeah. Um, and so we can give back to the aina, yeah? Um, and it just, just to bring back some cultural belief systems, because this world is crazy. <laughs> it's just gone crazy. Oh, I, yeah, we can, we can have a whole show about how crazy the world is. Uh, <laughs> Dean, Dean, you know, when we talk about water cremation and and it's alkaline hydrolysis. I mean, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what is what is alkaline hydrolysis. I mean, when you talk about uh, uh, let's say dissolving tissue off of a bone, I mean, you would think it, maybe it's acidic, but this is the actually opposite of that. It's alkaline. 
This is yes. This is actually based. So so if you think about if you think about burial and you think about the Earth's crust, the Earth's crust is made up of about two and a half percent potassium. What we do is we use five percent potassium. So we're taking what naturally happens in the earth and in the ground and we're we're speeding that up. So what we do is we add water and we add heat up to 300 degrees. And over the course of three to four, sometimes five hours, depending on the size of the body, then the body, the tissue will slowly dissolve off. And it also, it, it's completely sterile when it comes out. And, it, and it's also the DNA is gone. So when we do send that to the waste recycling plant, we, we send back better um, uh, water and wastewater than what we do in our homes when we flush our toilets and when we take showers and when we brush our teeth and do these types of things. Mm-hmm. So that's another attribute of this technology. And so, so Dean, your, uh, I mean, you have a long history in, in this sort of uh, mortuary science, but uh, you're more recently into the actual business of water cremation, right? And then you're you're based that, out of uh, that is correct. So so after after 32 years of running donated body programs, both at the Mayo Clinic and at uh, UCLA David Geffen School of Medicine, I came back to Minnesota and I actually partnered with a funeral home in the Twin Cities. And then we formed a second company because it was so successful that we formed a second company called Gentle Water Cremation. And, and we will be going not only to the West Coast, but we're also working on an installation in Florida at this current time. So, so we're seeing in these states that are now becoming legal to do this that people want it. So all we're asking for is this is a choice for, for, for the consumer. That, that's what we're asking for here. And the consumers will decide. There's no doubt about it. And, and they, they do want it. The, the, the families that walk into our funeral home here in Minnesota that know nothing about it, and when we explain to them, they don't want to be burned and they don't want to be buried. So this is the perfect choice. And we're seeing over 40% choosing this. And so, Dean, in terms of your view of what's happening across the country uh, how is it? How is it being embraced in in states uh, from you know where you're located to you said you said Florida and 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 elsewhere? What is right. the what is the sort of uh, uptake of this? That's an excellent question. So far, 21 states have have chosen to add this uh, water cremation as a form of final disposition to their state rules and regulations. There's others that are starting and trying right now, like Hawaii. Uh, Arizona is another one that will will be opening or having a bill here shortly. But but what we're seeing is where the resistance comes from is is change. I mean, it's hard for people that have been doing it, funeral homes that have been doing the same thing for hundreds of years. And and then the other thing that we're seeing is that the corporate funeral homes that own you know hundreds to thousands of of funeral homes, they've set up great big conglomerates where they either want you to buy a casket or be cremated, and mm-hmm. those are, that's where we're seeing resistance there also. But all we're asking for is that this be a choice to the consumer is what we're asking for, and let them decide. Let them make the decision instead of somebody else. You know, and I, I do want to ask uh, Dr. Pono about, you know, if <clears throat> if you're Native Hawaiian and you want to 
respect, you know, the EV Kupuna. Uh, I'm sure I want you to maybe share what, what that process might be. But if you're not Native Hawaiian, but you still want to do a water cremation, what are some of the things that would happen or would you, you know, what would you suggest once the bones are then made available? So I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation both with Dean Fisher and Dr. Pono Ledford. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One, and I'm Bert Lum. And of course, uh, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dean Fisher and Dr. Pono Ledford, and we're talking about water cremation and the evolving funeral business. And right before the break, you know, I was uh, uh, talking to Dean about how this is a, uh, I think, a practice practice that is is picking up momentum and interest and steam across the country and. And, uh, you know, Dr. Pono, I mean, when when doing this in Hawaii and, you know, from a Native Hawaiian perspective, I can imagine that uh, it's a great way to perhaps embrace uh, the traditional, uh, uh, you know, caring of uh, the the uh, Iwi Kupuna. But what happens if you're not Native Hawaiian and, and what would, I guess, from a, from a family practice standpoint, what are you recommending to people once they go through the you know the water cremation, what do they do with the bones afterwards? Well, I think that's an excellent question, and you know this is not open just for us Hawaiians. You know, I think this should be open up to everyone. Everyone should have an opportunity to do this. You know, especially if you want to give back to nature. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're not going to be taking up space by burying yourself in the ground. You know, you're not going to be spending all this other money that your family has to do to buy the plot, to buy the casket. And, you know, what you, what they could do with the bones is take them home. Mm-hmm. And they can cre- they can um, crush the bones into a finer ash, a fine powder, and they could spread them at their favorite lookout or in the ocean. There's many things that they could do with them. In fact, I've known of people that had um, their loved ones cremated, and then they take their ashes to Disneyland and spread them at Disneyland. Ah, I see. So, uh-huh. There's so many things they could do. Um, for me personally and culturally, I would like my bones to be given to my family, one day wrapped up in some Senate and, you know, left at home mm-hmm. with my family. No, that's great. That's great to know. And that's great to hear that there are a variety of different things that could be done, you know, once the the uh, the bones are available, the, the you know, the ways to um, honor, you know, honor that person uh, and is left to the family. So I, I think there's a whole variety of things that, that uh, could be kind of revived and, and perhaps uh, renewed. And, and so, you know, in terms, of, in terms of Hawaii and the fact that uh, uh, there is uh, some legislation that is kind of in play right now, and I, I was doing some research on uh, SB 2828. And, and uh, Dr. Pono, tell me, I mean, what... Why is it that we need legislation? I mean, is is uh, every state different? I mean, you know, uh, there's a, a, a regular regulations around. You know how human remains are are managed or or um, 
dealt with yeah. in in yeah. in each state? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I hate to say everything is regulation for this, regulation for that. And this is just one of those things. You know, nobody would want to see us Hawaiians putting grandma in the emu and then scraping meat off her bones at the beach, which was done traditionally. So, you know, we have to respect everybody's cultural viewpoints because, again, even though this is Hawaii, we still live in America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we got to have respect for other people. So... By having these regulations, it's just so that the state can make sure that we're doing things in a safe, proper manner. And again, with this technology, we destroy coronavirus. Okay, mm-hmm. Everybody's concerned about this coronavirus. Coronavirus cannot survive in this process. So the bones that you'll be handling are sterile and clean, not like what you would get in a partial cremation with a flame-based cremation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And 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 uh, Dean, you know, in terms of uh, uh, legislation and and <clears throat> you know, getting something like this passed, I mean, what is your sense of Hawaii's uh, let's say receptivity to a, a bill like this? I mean, do you see pretty resounding support for it? I know it, there's no uh, appropriation needed, so it doesn't doesn't require any kind of money. But uh, what's your sense of it actually passing? Well, this. This year, I feel a lot better about it. Last year, I think it was an educational year, and I think we caught a lot of legislative people off of guard that really didn't know much about it. And and over the summer, we did a lot of educating just to let them know exactly, you know, all the details of alkaline hydrolysis and the sterility of it and the safeness of it and and, you know, that it's been in existence for the past 16 years and that even the University of Hawaii has been using it on the veterinary side for the past 15 years. So this isn't something that's brand new out of the box that they that somebody just dreamed up or anything like this. And when institutions like Mayo and UCLA, when, when they invest in a technology like this, you know they do their homework. So, so I, I have a very good sense. Uh, you know, and a very good pulse on this bill right now, and I'm just hoping that it continues to gain support. and And uh, for for those of, of your listening group that that uh, would consider this, I would urge you to call your legislator and let them know that hey, this is a great idea, and and I I hope that it becomes a fruition, and that would that would help support us also in our in our quest to get this legalized for the people of Hawaii. And and uh, uh, maybe I'll <clears throat> I'll throw this to uh, uh, Dr. Pono. I mean, what would this bill enable? Would would this uh, enable other mortuaries to perhaps get into the water cremation, or does, is there a limit to how many water cremation facilities there might be across the state? What what are we what are we talking about once this bill passes? Oh, absolutely! I think everybody should have the opportunity to take part in this. Um, again, I'm not necessarily looking. At, I'm not looking at it from a monetary uh, point of view. I'm looking what's best for Hawaii and what's best for the people of Hawaii and what's best for our land. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a smart choice um, for us to take care of our loved ones because of the lack of pollution. You know, number one, and limited space that we have here, and then the cultural benefits that we have. So again. Uh, yeah, I'd hope it open up to everyone to get an opportunity to at least investigate for themselves and see if this is the right choice for them. Now, now, uh, Dr. Pony, you're on the Big Island, so 
uh, obviously you'd be interested in, in perhaps uh, uh, setting up uh, water cremation on the Big Island. I mean, what what about what about the other islands like uh, oh, Oahu, Maui, Kauai? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think I think every place should have have this or have access to this technology. Um, just speaking with my patients, you know, my patients know that I'm I'm into this, and you know, a lot of my patients. I hate to say they're kind of like the hippie kind. Um, the Hawaii ones are kind of hippie, yeah. And they're like, oh, this is an awesome idea, bro. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay, you know, get on board. Call, call up the senators. Call up your congressmen and let's do it. Because there's a lot of people, not, and again, not just us Native Hawaiians, but a lot of cultures that are interested here in Hawaii on doing this here on Big Island. So, so Dr. Pono, so tell us, where can people find out more information about this? Yeah, you can call Aloha Mortuary. Um, phone number four seven zero three four four five, or I encourage you go online, look up alkaline hydrolysis, water cremation. Very good. Educate yourself about it. I'll put that up on our show notes. Dean Fisher and of course Dr. Pono Ledford are both proponents of water cremation, and I want to thank them both for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll hear about converting air to jet fuel. Well, of course, you um, if you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at BiteMarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of BiteMarks Cafe.